Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the Film Alchemist podcast, the show where we look at movies we love, break them apart to find out what elements give them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always, when time's on his side, by my friend and co-host, Time is on my side. Yes, it is. Sorry, I'm doing my best John Goodman impression. Yeah, it's Alex Tandino. Oh, I love that singing. No, I was going to do it, but my karaoke kind of sounds like a horrible, depressed robot. <laughs> it's bad. It's worse than you could even imagine. Oh, uh, man. There is video of me somewhere karaokeing Strutter by Kiss. Nice. It's probably, I mean, it's probably way badass. I might just have too high a standards by myself, but I hope no one ever sees it. <laughs> I saw you do, I think we did Fat Bottom Girls one time at a bunch of Sure. Well, you know. But Anyways. Yeah. Back to the pod. <laughs> Divergence. Movie. This is the last installment of the Pod Takes Revenge month. We're ending with a banger. Denzel Washington, Fallen. Highly um, underrated movie highly it's one of those it just kind of snuck in it it i can see how people kind of saw it like oh this is like a low rent seven it's supernatural whatever um this is the movie my mom hooked me up to and i fucking adore this movie i've always loved it since the first time i saw it um and it is a revenge movie i had some fool named chad we call him chud on our facebook he's actually he's actually a friend he's a good guy but in this instance, he's a piece of shit because he tried to claim this is not a revenge movie. I think we'll be able to illustrate uh, that Azazel lives for nothing but someone worthy of his revenge throughout Agreed. this Agreed, 100%. Um, yeah, guys, so before we dive in, take a minute, if you can, please rate and review the show. Uh, follow and subscribe to the social media um, and share it with your friends, guys. It's helping. We're seeing the benefits, and we thank you greatly, Alchemist. Um but enough of that uh, cajoling of your affection. Fallen. Um, I don't even know where to start. This movie has such an undervalued cast. Like it's, this is an insanely good cast of characters for this movie. It's Denzel Washington, John Goodman, James Gandolfini, Donald Sutherland, Elias Coteus in his second Evil Angel movie in the Alchemist <laughs> realm. We got Elias Coteus twice now. I mean, like, and M. Beth Davids is uh, the the um, the uh, Greta. Like, it's an it's an incredible cast. It really is. Like, especially yeah, for I was a trying movie to think. It's I actually think it's one of my a little bit. Yeah, but it's one of my favorite um, like cop bullpens. Yeah, <laughs> I love Goodman and Gandolfini just having at it all the time. Yeah, it's like everyone's really fucking const- fun. Gandolfini's like constantly razzing Denzel Washington. You're like, like. It's funny because he has this like amazing mustache throughout the entire movie. Yes. And it's like sort of like weird southern uh sheriff thing and the whole time I'm like is he going to say something racist? I wonder. We're going to get something you racist. You know Lou's out of saying racist stuff off the off the mic. Right, yeah, like off mic Lou's definitely saying like super racist stuff, but the whole time he when he like, does that top button and he's like racist stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like the whole time when he's Raz and Hobbs I'm like is he going to say something racist? God, I hope not. That would it's really funny that Gandolfini movie. plays a cop exactly how he plays a mob boss. Yeah. He had the same accent, <laughs> everything. Um, yeah, so Fallen, man. This movie starts off in an execution. Always a great jumping off point. So we meet Detective Hobbs. This is Denzel Washington. Well, no, the He's movie starts to- before that. 
The movie oh, has that's an, right. The I movie the has this movie has this great prologue. So the movie starts uh, the way a lot of like noir movies start, which is really cool. Like it starts sort of where it ends, and it has this voiceover from Hobbs, who's played by Denzel Washington, who says, "Let me tell you a story about the time I almost died." And then we cut to the execution chamber, but the beginning sets You're the tone right. for the whole movie. That's cool. It's yeah, really I don't always cool. love that motif, but it works well in this one. Never, I never liked that motif. I never, I always prefer to start a story where it be, actually begins. But yeah, I hate when you show me like, oh, there's going to be a murder or chaos here, and then like, now let's see how it happened. Right. It this bums was me good out. because this one, this one has this, a a trick built in though. Yeah, it do- also doesn't provide you any context other than the fact that Denzel Washington is like running through the snow. That's it. Right. You have no idea, and he says, but let me tell you about the time I almost died. You don't know what's actually going on. But maybe, you know, but what's interesting, and we'll get to it later, that line itself is actually a really fascinating permutation for the movie. So then we go to the yeah. execution chamber. So now this is, I don't know if this is really a thing, but before he can be executed, um, Hobbs has to sit face-to-face with the guy who he captured, right. the serial killer. Which right? is Elias Cotes. <laughs> Ed, Edgar right. Reese is his name. So he's Edgar sitting there and Reese. he has uh, – we we learn this is the eighth notch on Hobbs's belt, right? This is eight eighth prisoner he's gotten executed. He's like a super cop. Yeah. Uh, so Edgar Reese and him start, you know, kind of having it out, man. And I love Elias Coteus. He has this line, remember this, Hobbs, what goes around really yeah. goes around. <laughs> Which is kind of this funny absurdity, you know, of like, okay, very funny. Um, but then he's like – it might not be a day or a week or a month. And it, it then it takes this ominous tone, right? Yeah. So well, then we go and, and Edgar Reese is executed. And this is where we cut to our first hint of the game of the movie, right? The right. supernatural. So as Edgar Reese is fried, he dies in a gas chamber. And Coteus just plays this up to the nines, dude. The right. you know, in the chamber. <laughs> uh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get this weird ghost cam. Right, it's kind of greened out. Yeah, so it's. Uh, uh, I actually distorted. read online. It's film stock called ectochrome. So it's the kind of thing they use oh, a lot nice. of the time when you want to. Uh, it's super high. It's super contrasty, but it like crushes. It's not like contrasty for us. It's all contrasty for um, uh, darker colors and black colors. So like everything looks very grainy and green. Yeah. Thanks, film nerd. That was a good tidbit, man. For all good. of you, for all of you out there. Man, it only took a handful of shows. You finally got something in here. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. But yeah, so we see that, and this is the game, right? Whatever was inhabiting Edgar Reese that caused him to commit all these horrific crimes. When he dies, it leaves, and it takes on this, uh, the guy who pulled the switch. Right. And now we see that he is the bad guy. So this this is the game, right? An unstoppable evil that can be any person you know versus the super cop. Right. Insanely fun game that plays out in delightful ways yeah. throughout the rest it of the It becomes this really great cat and mouse, especially in the very beginning. Um, another thing that's really interesting, though, that occurs is at the very beginning when uh, Hobbs comes to meet Edgar Reese, he sticks his hands out. He sticks his hand out to shake his hand, and Hobbs shakes Edgar Reese's hand, and Edgar Reese starts speaking in Aramaic. And there's no context for right. it whatsoever, <laughs> but he sticks his hand out. That becomes very important later on, though, as to why he shook his hand as we yeah. and why nothing happened. Right. It's funny. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so this is 
The thing they do in this movie, though, the game is that the evil's always jumping. Right. The super fucking cool device they came up with is that Edgar Reese is obsessed with singing. This Rolling Stones song, right? Right. The time is on, is my, on my side. Yes, it is. <laughs> and then John that, Goodman then, does the best rendition yeah, of it. The next line. I'll come. What is it? What's the next line? I can't remember. I don't know. I just remember, I'll yes, it is. I didn't even know there was another back. line to that song. That's it. I'll come running back to you. Uh, <laughs> I lost it at the end. It was pretty sexy until then. It was good. But no, so I had <laughs> that thing. I was like, don't sing on the show, but I can't. I couldn't remember the lyrics unless I was singing. <laughs> <laughs> that was the sound of all of our audience turning the pot off at the, at the, <laughs> the vocal stylings of Griff. Um, but no, it is not only <laughs> not only is the song perfect device for showing the jumping of the spirit, mm-hmm. but the lyrics are so fucking cool, man. Yeah. Because this movie is a ticking clock movie, right? Mm-hmm. You have X amount of time to do this, right? Everyone's coming in on you. The pressure's down. But time's on his side, man. Edgar Reese is untouchable this whole thing. Azazel. The spirit is Azel, as it were. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, once we set up the game... Then we have a great scene. <laughs> so Hop shows up at this bar, and it's Goodman and Gandolfini. He's like, hey, we only drinking imports. We're drinking imported <laughs> here. You asked for a yeah. bud. Oh. And he's just like, I'll have a bud. Gandolfini's all offended. Then he's like, I heard you don't like cream. And I was like, cream, what the fuck is he talking about? That was the first time I was like, is he going to say something racist? I don't know if I yeah, can do Yeah, I was like, this right is this now. about white women? What is happening here? I was a little worried. <laughs> Come to find out, right, is that Denzel has a reputation for how clean of a cop he is, right? Yep. The most cops take a little on the side. That's the cream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's never taken any, right? He's like, I don't take the cream. I don't take the cream. I don't like the cream. Right. Uh, but then Gandolfini's kind of pressing him like, well, you're probably a snitch cop. It's getting real fucking heated, right? And then Denzel launches into this. You know what I think is that most people in the world are doing bad things most of the time. I would say cops are doing good 97% of the time. If the other 3%, they're getting some cream. I can look the other way on that because they're mostly doing good. So now it's an interesting philosophy, right? Because we have this super cop who's like the the embodiment of all good, right? He doesn't take cream. He's killing criminals left and right. Right. But he also is willing to look the other way. So it shows you this kind of this this cop bond. Right. Um, in a really fun and interesting way. That and then you get you just get a healthy dose of John Goodman just being John Goodman-y. Like I... It's the thing I love the most about whenever he's in a movie is John Goodman doesn't need to do a lot to just be so impactful just in a quick scene like that, you know? Like, he doesn't do much, but he's just the perfect counterbalance to the, like, intensity that Gandolfini's putting off and, like, the quiet cool that you get from Denzel Washington. And then John Goodman just does his John Goodman thing. I don't know what it is. He also has this Well, you almost see him just looking like, Lou, you fucked up. Don't ask him about the cream, Lou. You're going to get sat down. Yeah. <laughs> you fucked up, Lou. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's it's a weird thing because it, it shows us – this is the weird thing. Like I don't understand exactly why they add the I'm willing to look the other way, right? Why make him – why give him that uh, that character flaw? I, um, it, it's, it's an interesting decision they make in that moment. Right. I think a lot of the time it comes down to – and I've seen this movie a few times. I mean, to me, what it is, is it gives Hobbs this less than it gives Hobbs that detective vibe. Like this is a really important thing about the movie is that it's a sort of 
it's a supernatural thriller, yes, but it also functions pretty heavily on these noir aesthetics. So I feel like to me what it does is it makes Hobbs not a super cop, but just a private gumshoe type deal. Because all those guys and like, you know, I think back to Maltese Falcon, the big sleep, like I think of Marlowe, Sam Spade, all these guys, they're not clean guys. They're guys who get things done the way they need to get them done. Not the right way necessarily a lot of the time. So to me, what it does is it gives Hobbs the edge of being someone who's smart enough to look the other way, but it also unfortunately gives him the character flaw of being fallible. Right, but this is the interesting thing, right? Because that's sandwiched between super cop routine, um, you know, and then this little flaw, and then we meet his family. Right. And this to me is like the unsung great, thing that this movie did this is the great decision um watching Hobbs interact with his brother and nephew is so I mean it's just it's heartwarming as fuck like I watched that and it it melted me and this is something weird we talked about this on our other podcast a while back like what's a movie that you changed your opinion on later in life right I didn't change my opinion on this but it never hit me until this viewing um the way he treats his brother with such fucking dignity and respect. And the way he's talking to his nephew, like, you never disrespect your father. Right. Like, obviously, something's going on and they need some help. Uh, there is this crushing moment later when things are going bad, right? And John's like, go home. Take him home. Yeah. And he's just like, John, are you mad at me? And, oh, my God. I'm actually going to get teared up talking about it. But the weight of Denzel's acting in this moment where he looks at his brother and in the midst of this oh. horrific moment, Right, he sees through, and he's like, "This is the person I love the most in this world." Right, um, and he's like, "No, I'm not mad at you, man." Like, it just—it's such a fucking beautiful. There's another great thing, right? When he kind of gives the nephew shit, like, "Don't disrespect your dad at the basketball game." Yeah, and so the way he is so paternal and loving at home, right? Because he's not just this super cop getting executions, and you know he has this flaw of the cream. This is like truly such a heartwarming, yeah. um layer to this character i think he's a it's guy, like it's like the super version of saves the cat right <laughs> yeah well he's the guy who he's the guy who does the right thing in his personal life and can sometimes and most of the time does the right thing in his professional life but like your personal his personal life is where we're supposed to relate to him and i think that's what that's why we all feel this way look and i mean it's well acted and it's well written but at the same time like it's one of those things where just from a primordial perspective, you look at it and you say, of course I can relate to someone who wants to protect and love their family the way that they always have. Yeah. I mean, maybe you're right. It's this, it's this maybe giving him that small flaw of looking the other way. So he's not so saccharine yeah. as to disgust us, right? Like, God, this guy's just like a Danny Tanner. We get it. Like we wouldn't believe he's out there getting his hands dirty, busting asses. Right. I mean, everyone um, loves but this him. Is, it's, it's my absolute, uh, this movie has a lot of great moments, right? And a lot of great elements. This is the element to me that this one absolutely crushed my soul this viewing. I fucking was in pieces every scene with that family. Oh, yeah. It's great. Unbelievable use of time. Because they could have skimmed right past that and just used them as victims. Sure. You know, that could have easily just been a wife and a son. Right? Like, a wife and a son plays differently. This is so different. Well, I think what's great, too, is because of the way the movie's structured and the way it all works out, like... Every single time this kind of like anytime, I mean, just this movie alone, I guess, but 
the personal relationships in this movie are so important to Hobbs's life. Like every relationship he has with someone is so important that when Azazel starts taking the form of these people, that's what makes it that much worse. Like when he gets home that one time and his nephew is clearly Azazel. Oh oh my God. And he's like, don't fuck with my family. Like that's the part where you're like, holy shit. Like that's the thing that I think makes it that much more impactful. And that's why it's so much, that that's I agree with that scene like where he yells at his brother and like says no you know that I totally agree like it's so impactful because he's trying to protect them from this thing that he can't see or hear or feel he just knows it's there right but what is so interesting about this decision is to make it his his needy brother instead of like a wife right right because a, a relationship with a wife is is more rewarding at times right there's sure. you know sexual release and. It's societal norms, this and that. Uh, with the brother, right, this is something that obviously is not an ideal setup, and it requires right. a lot more of him. If Denzel right. had a wife, she's obviously like, you know, her own independent, right? I you think- know, co- co-pilot. This is someone who is an imposition to him, even right. if he won't let it be viewed that way. Right, and I think because it's his brother who has a mental issue and that kind of thing, like the dependency plot becomes that much more in, in, integral to yes. making us care about Hobbes's family as yes. the story goes forward. And not only the dependency, but the way he does it with such tenderness. Right. Right. It, it's one of those little things they added in the movie that never really hit me. This time it was like a Mack truck bulldozed me. Oh, wow. Those are two different vehicles. Not a manly analogy. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, this is where, after this, we get into the first time we see the, the Azazel switch. Right. Um, this is terrifying. To me, this is one of the scariest things that's ever been in a movie. Oh, yeah. Um, I actually, watching I was like Azazel falling asleep just, and kind of had to turn it off. Like, I was like getting, <laughs> I was getting scared. Like, that's, and that's very rare. I mean, I don't feel that way about most movies, but this was one, I don't know why, it might be because my wife's out of town, but like, I was just like, oh, I'm a little nervous for some reason. Like, that actually got me kind of scared. It was cool, though. Yeah, as if it's not gross enough to have a stranger touch you for any reason. <laughs> Imagine now they're injecting this ancient, angry spirit into you. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, so this is cool, man. So he takes over this guy who presumably works at a putt-putt, I think. Oh, I thought he worked at Pat Steaks. Well, I think he gets a Pat Steak for his boss who works at a... Anyways, uh, okay. he has a not super desirable job. Right. So Azazel takes him over and then some shit goes down. Now we're back in the murder game. Right. So Denzel and Goodman go to this murder scene. John Goodman's walking around sweating the whole place up, just sweating so much. It's like whole movie. He's sweaty. He's so sweaty in this movie. It hurts me. It actually physically hurts me. He's so sweaty. (laughs) Um, But what they realize is that the crime scenes now have someone has taken very careful detail uh, or details that were not disclosed to the public from the Edgar Reese cases. Right. And put them in these crime scenes, these unusual crime scenes. Right. They're starting to so think at first they, they have these two theories, right? Is it a copycat or is it a cop? Right. Um, and it leads you down this this fucking rabbit hole of you never or they never know. We as an audience always know. Yeah, we this know movie the whole never time. never plays it as a could we have an unreliable narrator. It never right. does that. We know I really Azazel is the conspirator. I really like that we know too. Like normally I don't like being I don't I like being surprised for that kind of thing. If this is the first movie I've watched where we know the entire time what's going on and we're waiting for them to catch up. And what's interesting though is 
the cat and mouse is not about like them figuring out that it's Azazel or the it's not a copycat killer. The cat and mouse is we're like we're in the driver's seat with Azazel trying to get to Hobbs. That's the part that's really exciting about the movie. Like that's the thing that you love so much about the like demon vision thing is like you're waiting for him to catch up and get to him and that part is really really cool well yeah it's it's fun as an audience to be one step ahead of a great detective right it is right it's really interesting it, it, it's kind of cathartic where it's like oh you stupid fuck we're so ahead of you bro <laughs> <laughs> we know it's a demon how do you not know <laughs> how have you not figured this out yet uh i love when they cut to the scene right after this this is something i love in old movies from the 90s when they show search engines oh yeah and it's called, what is it called? Like web search? Yeah, what? No, and it's no. a cartoon spider? I thought it was called something like, I thought it was called like web cruncher or web smusher or something. Like I was like, what is? Well, yeah, it's essentially a little spider and you just type in like anything. It's like, here's all the information you've ever needed. Yeah, I always love like, early, especially in these movies from like the late nineties, like all the fake web browsers they'd come up with. Like that's always my, the fake names are always my favorite. Oh, classic stuff. It's but what stuff. we learn, right, is now he's. He's on the path. So the clue is, is there's this old cop who is a super cop like him. Right. Best in the force who went ape shit and killed himself. And there's this weird Aramaic stuff. So yeah. he tracks down this cop's daughter, Milano's daughter. And this is where this is where the audience is somewhat let in on what's actually happening here. Right. Right. Because she she's a theology major. Right. And she lets on pretty early when he comes in. She's kind of like, well, I don't know. Weird. And then at the end, she's just like, walk away. Yeah. Walk away. She like, right? She starts to hear all this. Like he starts telling this story about what's going on, and because she brings up, she's like, "Did he touch you? Did he?" And he's like, "Yeah, he said something." And I'm like, "Hey, how'd you know?" Like, yeah. And then she's like, "Walk away. Be done with this." Yeah, because this the, she says that. Then he he keeps coming back to her. Right? He won't leave. Like he even goes to their abandoned cabin, and this is where he finds this old demon book. Another thing I love in movies because I go to bookstores all the time looking for these fucking awesome demon books, and they're never there. Right? God damn it. Uh, but this is where we first hear of Azazel, right? Azazel is this ancient spirit, right? Like ancient Aramaic times, that right. old, who could transport from body to body, this kind of trickster, um, evil demon, right? Right. Um, can't exist on their own, have to in infect humans. A cool thing about Azazel is that he always has the complete knowledge of everyone he's ever inhabited. Right. So Azazel essentially is the smartest version of a human that's ever lived, <laughs> which is just kind of glossed over. Right. Right. He has the complete collective knowledge of millions, if not billions of people at this point. Right. Which is kind of cool. Um, so, yeah, this this foreshadowing is that, you know, Azazel obviously has this game where he loves to get inside of people and fucking destroy their whole lives. Right. And then when he finally gets captured, which I always wonder how the fuck does he let himself get captured? But this is where the revenge comes in. Right. So you're like, honestly, Azazel could never be captured. As long as someone's going to capture him, he could just dip. Right. I think he likes to get captured, and they they hint at this. There's kind of these chosen warriors for God, like when you talked about Denzel and the handshake, right? That Azazel couldn't transfer right. into him immediately. That maybe there are just these certain proper people that can fight Azazel. Ironic, they're all police officers in New York City. <laughs> but well, are those Philadelphia? We're in Philadelphia. Is it Philly? Okay, so it's, it's Philly. If it's Pat Stakes, we're in Philadelphia for sure. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I've been to enough. So, place, I've been to enough places this year where I think I would know. Hopefully, I would know. That. But, but um, this is why I think this is a great revenge movie, right? Because this is a creature 
who has the complete collected knowledge of every person he's ever been. He's been around forever and seen it all. Right. This is something he does multiple times. This obviously gets him off. Yeah. He likes someone stepping up to the challenge to try to be his worthy equal. Right. Stop him and then go about seeking to destroy them. That's revenge to me. I think that that's a... Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It's like this reverse revenge movie because it's a Zazel deciding that this person is worthy of his time. So he's going to nonstop go after this guy to ruin his life and also to take him. Like, that's an... I think that's a really important aspect is like... For all these revenge movies we've seen, like everyone has a determined quest, and there's no one more determined in any of these movies I've seen except for Azazel. Azazel is willing to go to great leaps and bounds to get to Hobbs, and that's really kind of the spirit of the movie, I think. Right, but not only that, like unnecessary lengths. Oh, yeah. Because it's not just to destroy Hobbs or take him over, right? Like even Lady Snowblood, who's probably the most determined person we've ever done in a pod. Yeah. She's like, when she's there, she's going to kill you immediately. Right. He is going to fucking play games with you and look you in the games. eyes and let you know it's coming. Like, well, like, you fucking thought you could step up. I mean, you I could not. Thought. I couldn't get over, like, there's 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 so much great, like, it's not a very action-heavy movie, but there's so many great bits on the city sidewalks in this movie. Like, great beats. The best one, though, is by far when he's chasing down Embeth Davids. And he and Azazel literally is like they're just touching each other's shoulders. It's like a game of uh, fucking Red Rover. It's so cool. Like, oh well, he comes into the police station and Gandolfini starts talking yeah. to him and then sings the song. Right. And then he passes it and then he goes out on the sidewalk and it's Denzel literally just turning left and right. Because right. Azazel becomes every. This is the thing. Azazel is so terrifying because he weaponizes every other Everybody. fucking person. It's Every kind of a body person. snatchers thing at that point, right? How it do you a little tell bit of a body snatchers other people about this threat, right? Like, oh, right. all of you could be it, and I'm the only one who knows. Oh, shit, I sounded crazy. Right. <laughs> well, I love but that. But it's such, oh, my God. The singing and them just, like, on the fucking streets. Oh, And then it's so really funny because awesome. Denzel pulls out a napkin, and he's yeah. like, and they're like, she's like, ancient Aramaic. I'm like, I don't think you can just learn it like that, bro. <laughs> Because they bring in the expert, and he's like, no one's heard this language out loud in forever. But yeah. Denzel's just out screaming it from a cocktail napkin. I love – um, but that scene with Inbeth Davids on the street when that guy corners her, like in like right next to the alley, he's like, oh, you know. Oh, right. That is like really heavy shit, man, because it's that dude from uh, – the guy who corners her is that guy from L.A. Confidential, the guy who plays Stensland. And he's like, oh, so you know. Interesting. Like that's the thing that I love about the guy – like – the Azazel character in this movie is a, it's played by fucking everybody, which is really cool. Like Mm -hmm. that's the thing that is really, 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 really fun about this movie is everyone has the same version of Azazel. Like it's really great directing. It's really interesting, intricate directing to tell each actor who does a different thing better than the next saying you have to do this one way because it's the same person the entire way through, no matter who it is, it has to be the same person. Like, it's just really fascinating. Like, there's so much about it. Like, they even bring it up with Edgar Reese, like uh, the left-handed thing in the video, that kind of shit. Like, that's the kind of stuff that I'm like, that's the kind of stuff that really got my heart racing for the movie because it's one of those things where that's the kind of technical prowess that's so cool about these kinds of movies that you need to have. It's really fascinating. 
Yeah, well, it's also just terrifying, man, because it's this loss of self that I think yeah. every person's afraid of, right? Absolutely. Because what we learn is that these people aren't along for the ride. The entire time Azazel's in them, they don't remember anything. Right. Like that right? guy got fired from the, his job. The guy who works at the putt-putt. Yeah. You know what I mean? Guy got He's fired. now like a murder victim or suspect, and he doesn't know. Right. Azazel comes back and kills him with another fat guy. <laughs> this is another funny thing about Azazel's plan, right? Is he's using murderers as clues to other murders. Yeah. He keeps like writing on people. I was like, people. that's kind of. Yeah. Well, it's like he's almost an anti-hero. I'm like, you're just killing. Well, no, he's not because he's the murderer. They're not actually murderers. Yeah, he didn't do anything. They didn't do anything. Yeah, he's using these poor schlubs to just commit murders and putting their fingerprints all over everything. <laughs> uh, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's fucking scary, man. Like this movie actually is something I would be afraid of. Oh, yeah. Not only like if I was on the streets of those cities, I would already be repulsed, right? The last shot of the movie is just this B-roll of a very crowded public sidewalk. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, I'd, just, I'd, I'd run out in front of traffic if, I, if that was my yeah. life. Let I, alone if there was a touchy demon. <laughs> the thing that I, the part that I, I mean, the whole movie is just so much fun. And I love all of the, all the visual gags and everything. That, like, that last half hour of the movie, though, once they get out to the, uh, once they get out to the cabin in the woods, like, that scene where... Donald Sutherland and John Goodman show up like that's just that becomes magic so quickly like right well you actually you skipped this is the thing right this is one of the craziest scenes so Denzel gets forced by Azazel into killing a school teacher right right so he goes home he's kind of like shit canned with the force now right this is where John Goodman has this great line somewhere along I think he's in the second crime scene yeah when John Goodman just goes they're like it's not adding up and he goes Someone's playing with my dick and it ain't me. (laughs) That would be the best cop line of all time. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to start using that to Amy all the time when we have like arguments about house stuff. Someone's playing with my dick and it ain't me. (laughs) But um, so he's already pushed into a corner, right? He's lost his police ability. No one trusts him. They think maybe he's a suspect, right? It could have been a cop. Now you killed this guy openly. Right. Um, Donald Sutherland kind of plays this cagey friend, but also working for the man, like kind of shitbag character. Um, but this is the moment that kills you. You talked about it. That was that murder was predicated on the Azazel being his nephew. Yeah. The very next scene, he goes in and finds that Azazel killed his brother in the night. Right. And it so fucking killed it is some of the absolute finest denzel washington acting yeah he fucking crushes this scene so much it's just this oh but there's this moment this is the thing the whole scene is fucking pure magic right and just this fucking tragedy he's playing but there's a moment when he walks to the door he's about to open it he kind of recloses it and you see him just close his eyes and take a deep breath it's this fucking like you know now i'm the man who has to do this like it's over for me right he kind of dies in that moment, right? Like, now it's on. Right. And he, his fucking, that moment to gather himself and then go back out is just fucking insanely powerhouse acting. Like, just watch that scene, if nothing else from this movie. It's so fucking beautiful. It's really, really beautiful. Especially, I mean, oh, God, yeah. I remember that uh, when I was watching him. I even wrote down, I was like, this is brutal. Like, him just discovering that was so awful. I'm like, oh, God, really? That's the thing. Like, fuck. It was. Oh, yeah. I just was like, not art. Anyone but art. Don't kill art. Don't God kill damn. art. He's the, oh, he's the heart and soul. Yeah. Like, yeah, and you're like, maybe his life wouldn't be that good without his brother. But, like, God damn it. Don't kill this man. 
Right. Oh, that one fucking pissed me off. I was like mad at that point in the movie. I'm like, you go kill that demon. Oh, and you he go does. kill that Azazel. Like, this is what's cool. <laughs> so he goes out to the woods where no one's around because you find out in the movie that uh, the demon can't exist beyond a single breath, which they found out is 500 cubits, which is about a sixth of a mile. Which I'm like, there is a lot of math going on here to find out how long people There's can like- hold their breath. <laughs> There's one super nerdy cartographer that was just like, this movie kicks ass. There's one super nerdy cartographer who got hired for this movie. He goes, this will be my shining moment. This will be the one thing. Yeah, there's I'm actually there's like one for. nudie theater. <laughs> there's one nudie theater where they just showed that scene and a bunch of cartographers are spanking it. <laughs> cubits. Oh, oh yeah. Six, oh, 500 cubits. Six of a mile. Oh, I know how many feet and meters that is. Oh. <laughs> So he goes out to the middle of the woods. How many cubits can I shoot this load? <laughs> so he goes out to the middle of the woods and he has this he has this moment, and then he gets a great this great standoff scene with John Goodman and Donald Sutherland. Where it's essentially revealed that Jonesy, who's played by John Goodman, Jonesy is Azazel, who'd followed him out to the country because he thought he had gotten away from them all. But you find out it was Denzel's plan all along. He knew he'd be out there. And that's like the thing I love the most right. about this. The twist at the end of this movie is fucking great, honestly. Yeah, well, Jonesy blows away Donald Sutherland. Cause they do a great thing by sending two cops because you have no idea who it's going to be. Right, yeah. I think in retrospect, you're like, obviously Jonesy because the other guy's a dick. Right. It has to be So Jonesy. Jonesy takes him down. And then there's this cool moment where he even mentions, he's like, well, Jonesy's already done. Like, Jonesy's already yeah. a piece of shit. Jonesy's fucked. Like, he's you're just another fucked. human piece of trash that's going down. So he's like... What's going to be more fun for Azazel? Am I going to take Jonesy on this murderous ride and ruin him or ruin you? Right. You know what I mean? And you're like, fuck, that's so depraved. And then, yeah, like you said, you get that great John Goodman singing as loud as he can as he's fucking storming the house. He's so great, man. I fucking (laughs) love John Goodman, especially doing that. Yeah, he's in my all-time favorites, man. I was actually reading some more of the, like, trivia, and I found out – it's funny because I totally forgot about this after I brought it up earlier, but – so they shot all that stuff with Elias Coteus really early on in principal photography. And the director loved his like whole thing so much. Every single actor that had to be Azazel apparently was shown Elias Coteus' performance so they could mimic it. So like John Goodman, <laughs> James Gandolfini, everyone had to watch his tape to make sure they could do all like sort of the same choreography. He could like, that is the kind of masterful filmmaking that I'm like, fuck. But then you get John Goodman throwing a little, you know, throwing a little extra cheddar on uh, Time is on My Side, which I just love. Right. Well, John Goodman, it, you're like, the fact that they cast him as Jonesy and not Edgar Reese at the start of the movie seems like an odd. <laughs> like, I know you want him to have more screen time, but man, if anyone would have destroyed Edgar Reese, it would have been John Goodman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, John Goodman. I so yeah it's but this I mean you hit on a good thing like the cool thing is is that while Azazel they make him the enemy is just humanity right every person is now Azazel in the enemy but yeah the unifying the character that forms is a a unified entity in the film right I mean to me it's sort of it's strange like I go back to the prophecy like I, I remember thinking about how like kind of fucking punk rock Christopher Walken is and kind of like how, 
Like he's just kind of like kind of got some style to him. And that's really what's funny about this is like the character of Azazel. And something I really appreciate about movies with like demons or angels in them is like when they don't make them like these goofy archangel archetypes, but rather like these sort of humanized things, these sort of humanized characters who do kind of goofy things and kind of funny things because they're like, oh, yeah, I love rock and roll like that kind of stuff. Those are the kinds of things I really, really like about these kinds of movies. And it makes, particularly here, Azazel that much more menacing, is that he's just so playful with it all the whole time. That is much more Right, it gives him almost a Freddy Krueger vibe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that's the cool thing about it, right? It's because that's, that's the thing with demons and angels. That was kind of the whole thing, right, is this jealousy over us being God's favorite creation and right, why give us right. everything, like... So there is this kind of jealousy, and and I think they would be enamored with, you know, us and like what makes us so fucking special. So <laughs> yeah. in a way, they all become. It'd be like you know, if I all of a sudden became obsessed with like keeping up with the Kardashians because I hate that Amy watches it. You know, what I mean? oh. I'm just like now I'm gonna learn everything about it, <laughs> and now I'm a fan. Damn it! Now I'm a fan. Oh god, that <laughs> that's how angels are with us. <laughs> We're like, the Kardashians I mean- to the angels. But I like I like that the whole time I like the obsession with Hobbs. Like I like the obsession with Hobbs. I love that ending. Like I think that the little standoff between them, where basically, so that he mortally wounds Jonesy, and then Jonesy as Azazel kind of gives a little speech, and then Hobbs is like, "Well, guess what? I fucking poisoned myself, dude, and I know exactly where I am. Yeah, in the middle of fucking nowhere." Well, this is the thing. It's it's really cool because he kills Jonesy, and it's like why. He says something about, like, why didn't you do the headshot? You know, this and that. And he's like, oh, I wanted you alive for just long enough. And then, you know, he's like, I'm just going to take you. Fuck you. What you find out is that he lays... Because this is a great thing they've been doing since he hit the run with his nephew. Yeah. He bought this pack of cigarettes that got him busted by a cop, right? They recognized him when he was doing this. He's been spinning this thing around neurotically, right? It's become his his little token, if you will. Right. You know, his little focus piece or whatever. Right. And he starts smoking, right? And we've learned that he's a non-smoker. He laced that cigarette with the poison from the syringe that was used on his brother, Art. Yeah. I don't know that that's how poison works. (laughs) I don't either. But it's fucking cool. It's poetic as fuck. And I was like, yeah, kill yourself for Art. Oh, dude. Forget that you have a nephew that's going to need help. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That nephew gets, like, left at a grandma's house. Like, all right, I'm going to go. I'm like... No explanation. It is insane how fast the audience is just like, fuck that nephew. Yeah. That, <laughs> Who <want> Arbor Bitch? <laughs> as soon as he got out to the woods, I'm like, is that kid going to be okay? What the fuck's going on? Like, his, yeah, he has like, no idea his not. father is dead. And not only that, like, now his uncle is definitely gone. But Oh, again, you think that theology professor lady is just going to pick up the slack? Oh, no way. But, and then, so basically, Azazel inhabits Hobbes. Hobbs and he tries in Hobbs's body to outrun the poison doesn't but it's one of these really fascinating things and it's one of those great little noir callbacks that I love is he says so yeah fucking dumb Hobbs almost beat me but I told you it was about the time I almost died and it's interesting because even knowing that I realized I totally forgot the line throughout the movie like I got so invested in Hobbs's Hobbs's deal and making sure Hobbs survived that I realized it's not Hobbes telling the story, it's Azazel. And that, to me... What is what is interesting most about that moment, to me, is not the, the dynamic of how it plays, which it's a fun table-turn yeah. moment, right? Sure, sure. 
What is interesting is going back and rewatching the movie and realizing that Denzel's voiceover about everything that's happening know, is actually cool? Azazel. I love that. Yeah, because the whole time, it, it makes sense in the first line, but there are lines in the middle that are a bit more muddied where you're like, that does seem like Denzel. Yeah. But it's Azazel. Azazel is the voiceover narrator, right? Right, right. And when you realize that, it gives you a fun game to do to go back and yeah. watch it another time. It makes like, watching it shit, again. This demon is walking work. us through this fight. Right. I think that's what's cool about the movie and, and warrants a rewatch. Because once you see it and you see it out of context and you see it in the context of that, it kind of almost reshapes the movie a little bit. Even with just voiceover. Oh, big which time. Because they could have just had that first line yeah. voiceover and then have it come back as a bookend. The fact that it plays throughout. Right is a willing decision to have Azazel be the one shaping our perspective on this story. Exactly. Which seems so weird because we, we seemingly are fighting with Hobbes the whole time. Right. But we the words that we are being shaped by are Azazel's. Right. I mean, that, it's a fun extra twist. It I, is. I love that part of the movie. It's too. the quintessential thing, though, is he's it's his story. He's the guy seeking revenge. And that, I think, is what makes it such a fun revenge movie. That's right. That's right. I can't wait for the sequel with Michael B. Jordan as that little nephew. <laughs> and Helen Mirren as that old theology lady. Still Fallen? That's what, that's what it's going to be called? Still Falling. <laughs> or you can call it Rock Bottom, Falling No More. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I can see Michael B. Jordan doing this. Yeah, I think this is one of those movies where you're just so enamored the entire time with how the movie's going and how it's it's just so it's structured so smartly and structured so well that by the time you get to the end and you get the big twist, you do absolutely want to start over and go from the beginning again. It's really cool. It's it's a weird film to me because it feels like so many of those generic kind of police ninety like dark absolutely. police nineties movies. And again, I think I think it is one of those. Like, it seems like a low rent seven at times. Yeah. Um, but I think the the extra the extra story component of the supernatural, mm -hmm. the amazing cast, and it's it it is just done so precisely. Yeah. Like that's it. This movie could have just been a slap it together, get a Baldwin in it, get it out. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Uncles need something to see in the theaters. Um, right. But it elevates past that. It does. I mean, and, me, I mean, that's that's true of almost anything Denzel's in. Right. But I mean, I think Azazel himself is really probably the biggest buoy to this film. Oh yeah. I mean, I think what's great about this movie is all of the things that wrap it up and all the things that make it such a fun movie is that it's an unexpected. Besides the unexpected twists, is that it's a really simple premise. Like I can hear the elevator pitch. But it's a really simple premise that executed correctly, and in this case, the way that this movie is made, makes it that much better. Because I agree, like you could throw a Baldwin in it, and it's a fucking Saturday throwaway movie. But it's not. Oh yeah, it's this whole other level of filmmaking that I don't think, I think flies under the radar really all the time, especially for people who haven't seen the movie and look at it and go, oh, it's one of Denzel's lesser works. When really it should be considered one of the one of my it's one of my favorite Denzel movies for sure. You watch Denzel with his brother in this movie. That is as good of Denzel as you'll ever get. Absolutely. To me, this is the thing, right? You you said this earlier, and, and I think it's a good point to reiterate is this is not an insanely action-heavy movie. Like, this this kind of thing feels like it should have 
been a little more, you know, gung ho like a lot of its uh, companions were at this time. Sure. What this movie does is it so maximizes the concept and the cast uh, to insane effect. Like, there's a whole scene when he's talking to uh, what's her name's Mil- Milano, right? Yeah. And it's just like a Michael Bay shot of him walking around this incredible looking compass like plaza thing for no reason. But it's just it's it's just that cool. extra little bit. You know, him and yeah. his brother, that's an extra little bit. Um, you know, the gimmick itself, that, but that's what I mean. It just, while not being action-packed, it so maximizes what it is. It's excellent. It is yeah, man. absolutely worth your time. Yeah, and anyone who says this is lesser Denzel, I would fucking smack you. Absolutely. Hard. I would put to this me, right this up is the Denzel cream. This absolutely. is the Denzel cream, and I like the cream. I <laughs> I'm with you. As soon as Gandolfini started saying that, I'm like, that can't be good. Yeah. I was like, oh, boy. This is going one of two I feel like cream is, is going... never a word you want to hear outside of coffee. This is going one of two ways. Yeah. But, you know. I, I don't like the look of the mustache on that guy yelling about cream. <laughs> this could be really gross. <laughs> this is going to go Billy Jack real fast. Not careful. Well, that's it, guys. Fallen. What an awesome conclusion to the Pod Takes Revenge Month. Still one more chance, guys, to get your picks in for the bonus revenge pod give it up looking guys. forward to that coming up soon um again if you have a buddy who would like fallen watch the movie with them and share the pod that's how we'll get more alchemists in on this thing that's how it becomes more fun that's right give us your feedback of movies you want to see follow the film alchemist list on the letterbox app that'll let you know keep you abreast of all the movies we have coming up um but most of all guys just thanks for thanks for hanging out with us we are having a great time with the show we appreciate all your help that's great it's almost the end of the month time is not on your side give us your pick for the bonus app that was two pro moments two